This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week I landed on Florida. Florida. I do love Florida. I used to live there. Um, indifferent. Lovely place to visit. Yeah, I would never want to live there again. No. But I'd love to go visit. I mean, we just went to the Florida Keys back in November, and that was nice. Yeah. The Keys are really cool because they have, like, street performers and... Yeah. We stayed on the resort the entire time, but, I mean, it was it was fun. Yeah. Um, We're going to actually talk about a pre- an older case. Okay. Um, it I happened like in 1966. Okay. In a small town... At that time, it was small. It was Tallahassee. Okay. It's not small anymore. I was going to say, I'm like, I feel like I, I'm like, I feel like Tallahassee is pretty big, but it, it was small back in the day, you say. It, I think it was smaller back in the day. I think from what I was reading at the time, there was only like 100,000 people. Okay. Which is not small in 1966, but it's still smaller than what small. it is now. Yeah. Because yeah. Tallahassee is huge now. Yeah. Um, so this happened on October 22nd, 1966. Okay. Uh, Tallahassee, most of the people, they are into football in Florida, especially that location, because I believe it's a college town. Yeah. Um, and right. so everyone was attending a football game at the North Florida Fair. Okay. And yeah, so all the streets were empty. They, the entertainment was going on with the fair and then the football game. And so everyone was just there because what else are you going to do in 1966? I mean, yeah. Right. Go watch some football, get a corn dog, some popcorn. Yeah. Fair shit. I don't know. So there is a family called the Sims family. Most of them decided to stay home. So okay. Robert, he was 42. His wife, Helen, was 34. They decided to stay home with their youngest daughter, Joy, who was 12. Okay. And then their 15-year-old daughter, Judith, Anne, was out babysitting. And their daughter, their other daughter, Norma, who was 17, okay. she went to the game. Okay. Florida State beats Mississippi 10-1 to 1 that night. Good for them. I know. So I do love Florida State a little bit. Hmm. More of a Seminoles fan, but Okay, okay. Um so while the town enjoyed the game, uh everybody was there, like I said, when the town was enjoying the game, there is something gruesome happening at the Sims house. Oh. So Norma had expected Went to the game, was on her way home. She expected to find her family still watching the game or watching the highlights afterwards or talking. And when she got home, the TV was on, but her family was nowhere to be seen. Oh. Yeah. So she started searching the house. And when she goes uh, to her parents' bedroom, she finds her mother and father who were shot, bound, and blindfolded on their bed. 
And then her sister Joy was also shot and stabbed laying on the carpet right next to her parents. What? Right. So she immediately called the ambulance and asked okay. for them to come and help and figure out what's going on. Yeah. So Robert Sims was actually a doctor of uh, information technology, and okay. he worked at the Department of Education. He was laying on the bed fighting for his life. So they were still alive when she got there. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, he had been shot once in the head. And then Helen, his wife, uh, was a secretary at the First Baptist Church of Tallahassee and a Sunday school teacher. Okay. She was also laying there alive, but she had been shot in the head twice and once in the leg. Okay. And then the daughter, Joy, she unfortunately wasn't alive. She had been shot in the head and stabbed more than six times in her stomach. Jesus. Okay. I know. Um, there are reports that her panties were down and her cheek was bruised, but there was nothing that conclusively came up that she was assaulted or anything. So. Okay. Wow. Yeah. The first people to arrive at the scene was Russell Beavis and his young son, Rocky, in response to Norma's call to the Beavis funeral home. Okay. I don't know why she called the funeral home, but that's, I don't know what happened, or is that the only number she knew? <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, or maybe she just called a family friend and it was just the funeral home director. It's yeah. weird. That was the weird part for me. Um, he, They attempted to try to save their lives, so he tried to loosen the bindings, and he actually just really compromised the whole crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> because he was trying to save their lives. Yeah. The first investigator that came on the scene was Officer E.C. Cooper Donnelly, and he, he actually did a interview a few years ago and he can still remember like the horrific day and the horrific scene Yikes. when he got there I'm, well i'm sure yeah donley entered the bedroom just before midnight on october 22nd and the, he saw them he saw the father and his child struck down and left on display by the killer or okay. killers they were bound hand and foot, both shot in the head, and the little girl had been stabbed six times, like I said. Um, Donnelly saw a few clues to the motivation of this crime, but nothing in the house was dis disturbed and nothing was missing. So he doesn't think it was an actual like robbery. robbery. Yeah. So they believe that it might have been by somebody that they knew. Okay. Um, most of the killer's anger had been really directed at the, at Joy. Okay. For some odd reason, she's a twelve-year-old. Her shirt right. was pulled up. The killer had actually stabbed her in the heart, and like I said, her underwear was pulled down. But again, there was nothing to suggest suggest anything more that gruesome. Yeah. Um. But her right cheek was marked where someone had just like it looked like someone slugged her and punched her so hard in the in the face. Oh my god. The, what the fuck? I know. 
So Helen, they took the the mom and dad to the hospital because they were still mm-hmm. alive when they got there. Okay. Helen passed away at the hospital after nine days because okay. they were trying to keep her alive. And she never regained consciousness to give any information to the police um, on what happened. Mm-hmm. And they found out that the bullet was really buried deep in her brain. And that's what rendered her into a coma. Okay. Obviously. Um, Again, there was no sign of a break-in. Nothing was stolen to suggest robbery. Um, Money was actually just laying around in plain sight of the scene. Okay. And so they never, they didn't even take that. Um, And they think the attack happened, like, shortly before Norma got home. Because there were coffee cups laying half drunk on the table. Okay. And like the, they had welcomed a visitor into their home and they mm-hmm. were just like half Makiki just yeah. talking. And the ashtray, they had an ashtray and it was it was un it was full and it was untouched. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, so a neighbor, they started searching the neighborhood and asking mm-hmm. people questions. And a neighbor um, corroborated the story, telling police that they had heard a scream around 1045. Okay. And they found evidence that there were granny knots used to bind the Sims okay. with material from their own house. So it was like lingerie, socks. They used things from the house. Okay. Rather than bringing in any sort of material. Yeah. Um, Crime of opportunity. You just grab whatever you can. Obviously, they don't have any DNA in 1966. So there was nothing that could help identify who was there or whatnot. Yeah. DNA testing didn't come around for a very long time. Right. Oh, gosh. It's like 40 years from then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if you can preserve DNA that long. Well, in the, the right con- well in the right conditions you can but but they didn't know that that was a possibility exactly. in the 60s and exactly. so they never learned to do that everything probably just got boxed up like yeah. everything else mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's so many things i've seen where people just are it's just thrown into a box mm-hmm. it's getting handled numerous times yeah so The police also combed the woods behind the Sims house and eventually made the decision to drain a small lake that sat at the bottom of the hill a few hundred yards away. But the search of the lake turned up nothing. Okay. Um, A call to the enforcement law enforcement agencies led one Kansas detective to tell the authorities about eerie similar cases that related with the murder. Okay. So, like, this has happened before. Yeah, in Kansas, which is weird. I don't know why they're, like, that's a very far away from Florida. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, they also believed that, oh, they believe that the, the, the Sims opened their door to somebody. Um, it was a time also when people didn't lock their doors. Mm, yeah. And so, I mean, there's just so many theories that were that were running around at the time. Yeah. 
weeks passed and there were no leads on the murders and okay. people started talking. People started like becoming it became a rumor mill, essentially. Of yeah. And everyone was speculating and people started pointing fingers to a man named C.A. Roberts. He was a well-liked pastor at the First Baptist Church, and there was no reason for people to suspect him of the crime, but the community uh, literally took this rumor and blew it up. Oh, no. And they started saying he was a womanizer, he had an affair with Helen, like all of these different things, and he killed her family in a passionate st- or as a crime of passion okay in a passionate state not that <laughs> yeah yeah he killed the family in a crime of passion because he was so in love with helen and he she didn't want to leave him okay which i mean again this was a huge like rumor and people were just trying to find things to say right yeah when there are no answers, people let their imaginations run wild yeah. and they just come up with whatever theories that they can. Yeah, definitely. Wild. Well, investigators also took this accusation a little bit seriously, too. So they started oh, yeah. looking into him. Okay. Um, And they started observing him and he, they were going to his parish and listening to him give sermons and all of this stuff. Um, But there was nothing to suggest that he would he had done this crime he had an actual real solid alibi okay uh he was at the team he was actually the team chaplain for the football game and so he was there all night and he was even caught on film that by the football players yes and so in light of all that they you know said he wasn't a part of it he they uh they let him go as a suspect but he actually had to step down as a pastor and died a few years after the accident or after the murder okay um because there was just so much talk happening okay uh obviously now that whole theory is rejected and there is a lot of anger happening because of the allegations to for that pastor yeah to this day because that's a man of God, and like, yes, I know clergymen, and there's been a lot of stuff happening with the church. Yeah, but there was no reason for his name to get involved in all of this. Yeah, it was just all rumors. Mm-hmm. So, investigator Campbell um, said that the Sims might have actually known the killer, like we talked about. Yeah. But refused to say any names, and he doesn't want to accuse anyone without proof. Which we have none. <laughs> Others, so people also got mad with him about that because they wanted to know who killed this family. They wanted to not be scared. And so they started talking a lot of crap about him, saying he wanted to write a book, he wanted to sell the rights to, yeah. So I feel really bad for the investigator. Yeah. Um. So anyways, uh, 
there was a local author named Henry Cabbage who was working on recounting the murders and got footage of the police in- interrogating the suspect. Okay. A suspect in the Sims murder. A woman, it was actually a woman whose boyfriend lived very close to the family. Okay. The woman denied all of the responsibility, but did remember going over to the Sims house the night that they were killed. Her boyfriend, who she married and divorced, also denied any involvement. Okay. (laughs) Another couple came up into suspicion, too. It was Mary Charles LaHoy and Vernon Fox. Um, the neighbors were actually described as being overly obsessed with the death. Okay. And they were often caught, like, breaking into funeral homes, which is really weird. What the heck? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, what's funny is that Inspector Campbell thought of, (laughs) there was a theory running around that there is, like, a necrophilia aspect to the murders, which is weird because two of them were still alive, but there's just this theory running around. And so when these two, this couple uh, surfaced as a suspect, they thought, well, that fits into that one theory. And so there's just so many things going on. Yeah. Um, Mary's boyfriend, so Vernon, was also a peeping Tom. Oh, geez. And he had even been uh seen peeping on joy a week before the murders okay um so there were a lot of several like odd things that were happening wait with... the 12 year old joy yeah, yeah joy is the 12 year old the one that got killed yep inappropriate inappropriate um there was a lot of odd things happening with their behavior since the two people gave conflicting and changing statements to the police after the fact. So yeah, Mary's accusations and she started accusing her then boyfriend, then ex-husband Vernon in the eighties. She said that he committed the murders and was, uh, she showed a clear interest in the reward money being offered because she was giving a lead in the case, so she wanted the reward money. And she also, it was her ex-husband, so they probably had a falling out, and she was just, like, trying to get that money. For real. Um, the, the Sims murders were never resolved. Okay. And Inspector Campbell has literally had this on his mind through the last, like, 50, 60 years now. Okay. yeah. He was really... Uh, he was seen to be really hard on himself after the fact because he was never able to solve this crime. And he was haunted by whatever he saw that night when he when he went there. Yeah. And so there's no spe- suspects, real suspects. Um, They don't know what happened. And a lot of the streets were empty at the football game. So there was no one that even saw anything. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, there's anybody that knows anything about the Tallahassee murder of the Sims family, please reach out to the Tallahassee police. Yeah. Yikes. That's weird. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. <laughs>